Welcome to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. On each and every episode, Brian talks with coaches, athletes, and performers in all arenas who are putting into practice the principles of peak performance that will help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be, to help you become a master of the mental game, and to help you start dominating the day. This is Brian Kane, your Peak Performance Coach, with another episode of the Peak Performance Podcast. And today, our guest is Assistant Baseball Coach at Cal State Fullerton, one of the premier programs in all of college athletics. It's Chad Baum. Chad, thank you for sitting down with us, taking time out of your hectic schedule here on a Sunday in the middle of the season to join us on the podcast. Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here. Chad, if you would, could you give our listeners kind of the quick snapshot of your career from you know playing in high school and then going on to junior college, Cal State Fullerton as a player, going to the College World Series, where you've been five times already in your young career, and then kind of your path and how you made your way back to Cal State Fullerton. Uh, well, I grew up uh, here locally in uh, Orange County, and uh, I kind of didn't know what I was going to do after high school ended. I ended up going to Golden West Junior College, and then uh, my sophomore year I transferred to Santa Ana Junior College, uh, and uh, I, got, I was fortunate enough to uh, find my way on the team here. I got to play here for at Cal State Fullerton in 98-99. Was a total role player, limited limited action guy. Um, Had a great experience. And then uh, I went out to play independent ball. And uh, Coach Horton, who was the head coach at the time, uh, called me and said, Hey, uh, Wallach is not coming back, and would you like to be interested in the volunteer position? I said, Absolutely. He said, Give me a couple weeks. I said, No problem. Ten minutes later, he called back and said, It's yours. And uh, that kind of ended my uh, professional career and started uh, the coaching career. Um, I was a volunteer for five, uh, five years here at Cal State Fullerton. And then after the 2004 National Championship team, I, I got to move to Irvine with uh, Dave Serrano. I spent two years there and uh, then uh, took a job at uh, Santa Clara University. I was there for five years. So it was a good experience. Got to uh, kind of branch out myself. Uh, and, uh, you know, away from the Fulton tree, which was a good experience for my career. Uh, and then uh, when uh, Coach Vanderhoek got uh, the, the job here at Cal State Fullerton, uh, I came back down as uh, the volunteer. And uh, a few years later, I, I became full-time uh, assistant coach. And uh, it, it was, it was uh, I think I'm going on my 12th year coaching at Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, so, Chad, you've had a chance to go to Omaha five times now, once as a player, four times as a coach, and one time in 2004 coming home with a national championship trophy. If you would, can you talk a little bit about that 2004 national championship team? And Was there anything that was different between those guys and the other four times you went to Omaha? Uh, not, a, not a lot different. I mean, I would say about the 2004 team, we, something special happened in the middle of the year, and... Everything clicked. We got a lot of bounces go our way. We got a lot of good performances, a lot of clutch hits. Uh, there's eight big leaguers on that team. So uh, people ask all the time about that team and how can we replicate that. It, again, having eight big leaguers on that team uh, is a pretty pretty big number. And, uh, you know, luckily, like I said, we, we got a lot of bounces our way and it just we, we the baseball guys took care of us. If you would, let's go back to that 2004 season because I think what everyone looks at and sees the then result of the national championship, what they don't see is that midway through the season, 
Let's even go back further. The 2003 team that went to Omaha that I had the privilege of being here with on, on your staff and as a, as a student manager slash grad assistant slash do whatever I can do to help the program and stay out of the way uh, was, you know, maybe one of the best Titan teams of all time. I mean, 2003, we pretty much go wire to wire, number one team in the country, go to Omaha, beat LSU, beat Stanford, then lose twice to, to Stanford, and I think had like 13 guys drafted off of that team. And then come back in 2004, and you're looking at, okay, is this kind of a rebuilding team? we got some new faces. And you're 15 and 16 at the midpoint of the season, go down to Austin, Texas, and get swept by the Longhorns. Come back here. Titans aren't ranked. Titans are under 500 for the first time at this point in the season, maybe ever. What did you guys do to turn that thing around and go 36-4 and four or whatever it was the rest of the way to win it all? Uh, I remember that day we sat in the soccer stadium, and uh, – we just talked about we are going to be good teammates. Uh, we're going to think positively, and we're going to live on that next pitch. Uh, Ken Revisa, who was working with us, you know, made it simple: is we got to stop bitching at the umpire's call or what we don't have, and start thinking about what we do have. And the snowball built from there. I mean, we opened up that that conference at Pacific, and. Uh, we had the best weekend of the year offensively, and then it was contagious. We just swung the bats. Uh, I thought we always pitched pretty well. Our defense was uh, not the greatest at that time, and it just it, it did finally did what it was supposed to do. You know, talk about the leadership on on that team as a guy who was a captain here at Cal State Fullerton. You know, you talked about your role when you were here in 1998, 99, kind of as, as a role player. Um, you know, and, and you were elected captain by your by your teammates and by your staff. Talk about the leadership of the teams that you've been around here at Cal State Fullerton, and what makes a great leader in college baseball as a player. Uh, and there has been a lot of great ones here uh, that I've been fortunate enough to coach or play with. Uh, I think the the big thing as a leader is you got to be uh, able to speak your mind and. Not be afraid of what your teammates will say or think. Um, and the fact that you need to be selfless and uh, put the team first, I think that's a big deal. Um, sometimes they are role players. Sometimes they are your best player. Um, you know, Sometimes your best player uh, is a quiet guy that just goes out and does his thing every day. Uh, but the big thing is that they put the team first and uh, they're able to speak up and Hold each other accountable, and that's that's a hard thing I think uh, in, in today's world for the young young adults to keep each other accountable by telling them, "Hey, that's not right. We do things this way." But I think that's one quality that we've always been able to uh, instill in our players: the fact of holding each other accountable. Because at some point in life, whether it's your professional career, uh, your life as a father or as a business person, you're going to have to uh, manage someone or, or or be responsible. So this is taking charge of your company, your team, or whatever have you. You talk a lot about being selfless and putting the team first. And I think when people on the outside look at Cal State Fullerton, you know, they see a team that doesn't have a football program. They see a team that's you know in the in the area of UCLA and USC and all the other great college baseball programs in this area, but is always at the top. There's a there's an aura about Cal State Fullerton and. There's a, there's a persona about this program. And having been here now with all of your experience, what makes the Titan program so elite and so special? Uh, you know, I think it's the system that uh, Coach Garrido started. And, you know, 
Coach Horn uh, passed on, Dave Serrano, and now Coach Vanderhoek. Uh, uh, we haven't changed much. We are going to do three simple things. We're going to you know, throw strikes, put the ball in play, and we're going to play catch. I mean, uh, it all stems from Bully Kincaid philosophy and um, – I think that's one of the things that we're just we're able to get players that want to be times, and that, that's most important. We want guys that want to be here, want to wear the pinstripes, want to wear blue and orange, and that want to not have the football team and not have all the amenities, and and still be able to play baseball at a high level and compete nationally with the Big Five or uh, you know whoever any anywhere anytime, and uh, the attitude, you know the. The attitude is a big thing that uh, we're going to play the game right, and at the end of the day, <clears throat> hopefully we get rewarded, and we're going to really work hard on, on the practice days and let, let game days go. And that, That's been pretty simple philosophy, I think, since, uh, uh, as I can remember, watching games as a kid here on Sundays. We used to come on Sundays, so it really hasn't changed. I think if you look at Titans, you talk about a program that's about putting the team first and being selfless, and having that intensity and that focus of going pitch to pitch and the, the toughness to embrace adversity that's in this game, you know, being accountable and following through and doing the work, you know, and the, and the work rate with which guys operate in this program and that ability to get to the next pitch, but also continue to learn. You know, if you would talk about, you know, the, the mindset of being a teacher as a coach and why that's so important. It's the most important thing because uh, these kids are, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to get everybody's three, four hitter, their best pitcher or best player on the team, but they come in, the game's so fast. So, uh, sometimes they get lost and we have to really teach them, uh, how to slow the game down, how to, uh, see the play happening, the pre-pitch, uh, or what have you, uh, understanding, uh, what they're going to do with the ball before, because guys are faster, they're stronger, but, uh, the student, the student part is, is, is a big big thing in our program because um, we don't have to coach them. They, they are being accountable for themselves because they've learned, and that's the big thing. Is That's um, why the professional players are so successful and so good is because they've gone many years of doing the, the grind and being a student, and now they know how to play once they get to the big leagues for a lot of them, and that's what we kind of try to instill in our guys is the ability to make decisions, the ability to be ahead of the game, and uh, you know that that the student part is huge. I mean, not just for their baseball career, but just for life in general. I think a lot of things that uh, I learned just from being a tied baseball player has helped me be a better son, brother, and uh, a husband, and now a, a father. So it's just beyond baseball. You talk about being a student, and my life changed when I came here in two thousand two and three and got to be a student under. Dr. Ken Revisa in the sports psychology program and also be a student over here with, you know, you and Coach Vanderhoek, Coach Toronto, and Coach Horton in the baseball program and got to see, for me, what was the best of both worlds. And I got to learn baseball at the highest level, having played Division I college baseball, but but there's different levels of Division I college baseball, which I found out real fast. And then getting the, the degree in sports psychology with Ken. If we can, let's turn this conversation now to the mental game because – I believe that the mental game was invented at Cal State Forward. And I believe that with Cal State Forward and baseball and Ken Revisa, it's where it was created. And now almost everybody does something with the mental game. What is the mental game to you, Chad? Uh, the mental game is, the, for me, uh, is the ability to uh, slow the game down, is to be able to uh, 
uh, recognize when your body or yourself, your mind is is getting out of control and spiraling, and that that's a big thing. Um, you know, I, th- I think a lot of kids lack that, but ultimately the mental game is the ability to uh, stay under control and do what you practice in the game environment. What are some of the things that you guys will do maybe in practice to work on the mental game, whether, you know, I know you, you kind of coordinate the offense and work with catchers. Uh, what are the things that you guys do, let's say, in, in batting practice or drills or anything where you might work on the mental game in practice? Uh, we'll, we'll work our the way we get in the box, uh, the way we take a green light breath, uh, the way we come out of the cage. We uh, will work the process of coming out of a re- getting into a, what we call a red light and being able to get back to green light again. If you're going to be able to do this in the game, you got to practice it to some extent. Uh, in the cage, we'll practice getting in the box and taking that breath. Just just so every time we go into the, a box, we know we're going to have a clear mind. And a clear head, so we, we, we can do the task at hand. And uh, you know, our pitchers work a ton of taking a breath and staying with their routine. So it's very consistent whether they're on the windup, a stretch, uh, and even try to put them in situations where they've failed or there's a tough situation. So when they get in the game and their base is loaded down by one or two, or base is loaded, nobody out, they they understand the, the principle behind. Staying under control and breathing in a tough situation rather than a practice situation where they they're gonna have their uh, their their motor run a little bit more. And I think for a lot of coaches and, and that you know you kind of grew up right. You started in the Cal State Fullerton system where the mental game is just a part of what you guys do every day. I think for a lot of coaches, um, they maybe aren't totally invested in the mental game, don't know what it is, aren't bought in, uh, are confused by it. What would be your message to the younger coaches out there kind of just getting going in their career about the importance of the mental game? Well, I think, uh, you know, the importance of it is obviously uh, we don't have a cookie cutter of a kid that you're going to get 10, 20 kids that are exactly the same to think the same. So the mental game, it, it, it can really help the fact that you're going to have 15, 20 different personalities and the ability to reach them and get them to plan or control and then uh, find what e- each player has a different niche. So, and that's what I think the mental game really helps is um, one guy might really be into his routine where a guy just likes the breath. So everybody has a little something different. And um, the, the mental game, I think, will help lessen the time of between a negative to the now positive. I think it will help um, if you're a coach and your team – plays out of control or can't finish games, I think that's a lack of mental toughness, and the mental game helps build that, whether it's um, you know reading books on it, whether it's listening to podcasts like this or, or what have you. It's, it's about being able to have a foundation, and then the mental game gives your team a, a great foundation to when things go wrong, this is what we do, or this is what I do, and this is what helps the team. So. I think you could say the mental game is – what I call the, the the basement razor, right? We say that the mental game doesn't allow you to all of a sudden go out there and play at a level that you're that's better than what you have inside of you. It's not going to take you from, you know, if you're a level five player, it's not going to make you a level ten. But what it does is it raises your basement, meaning we don't rise to the occasion; we sink to our levels of training and habits. And what the mental game does is it gives you better training, better habits, and better able to withstand the adversity, so that when you 
are not at your best, you're at a level higher than you would be. So that the valleys, the valleys are higher. It doesn't necessarily mean the peaks are higher. The peaks are going to come from your physical game. You're just going to consistently peak more often. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Bomber, let's ask you a million dollar question. What do you know now? You wish you knew when you were just getting started back in 1999, 2000 here at Cal State Fullerton. That is a good question. Uh, I wish I knew how to probably reach out to the players a little bit more and how to kind of let them um, figure things out. Uh, as a young coach, you want to dig right in and be super involved. And I think now that uh, as I've gone, I like to try to ask them more questions rather than me give them the answer. I think that that is a big thing where um, I want to see what they are thinking rather than what I think for them. And I think that has allowed me to kind of reach them deeper and uh, be able to help them because just because I've seen it, they, they might not have experienced it. So I think that would be my thing is uh, where I started my career, I was always given a, trying to help them in a positive way. I, I now look back, I think it, kind of hindered their their performance. Um, it, it slowed it down, at least. Bob, we're going to put you on the hot seat here. I'm going to ask you to say one word. Like, for example, I'll say the word Omaha, and you just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready to get on the hot seat? Absolutely. Right, here we go. Omaha. Uh, 99. Pepe's. Burrito. Revisa. Stud. Titans. Fried. Uh, you can give more than one word answer. You can dig a little bit deeper. Burrito. Gosh, this could go long. Greatest ever. Mentors. Guys, there's a lot of them. Um, I've been fortunate to have a lot of good mentors from uh, Coach Horn, who I got to play for and work for, to Dave Serrano, to Rick Vanderhut, to uh, Mark O'Brien, all the guys I've, I've worked for. Just unbelievable guys. I've had a lot of different attributes that have uh, you know, helped me be a better coach. Dose. Um <laughs> uh, Titan, part of the Titan game. Stewie. Don't get caught with your pants down. Fire eating. Ryan Kane. Titans. I think we already asked that one. Uh, we might have, but... Uh, <laughs> Titans. You, you are off the hot seat. All right. Chad Baum, thank you for being a guest here on the Peak Performance Podcast. Appreciate all you do, man. Appreciate your time, your wisdom. Dominate the day. Thanks, bud. Today's podcast is sponsored by Potential Apparel. Potential Apparel is on a mission to inspire athletes to reach their true potential. If you're serious about reaching yours, then you have to go check them out. They make awesome clothing for dedicated and committed athletes. I'm a huge supporter of what they're doing, and that's why I wear their clothing with pride. Make a statement and join the movement today at PotentialApparel.com. Be sure you use promo code Brian Kane with a space between Brian and Kane for 15% off on your first order. Dominate the day with Potential Apparel. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. Please make sure that you visit briancane.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com and sign up for my Monday message where every Monday I deliver straight to your inbox videos, interviews, articles, tips, techniques, and strategies that you can use to master the mental game. You can also contact me through
my website on our contact us page and see my calendar of where I'm going to be in the country and when I'm coming to your area so that we can get together and that we can continue to go out there and dominate the day. This is a production of Corn Belt Sports. The Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast is part of the Top Coach Network.